0: Welcome to the Alberta Health Services COVID-19 podcast. In this episode, Dr. Peter Jamieson, physician co-lead with AHS's Emergency Coordination Center, talks about how the ECC continues to support Albertans and staff during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Jamieson. First off, what is the Emergency Coordination Center?
1: So, the Emergency Coordination Center is part of a broader incident response structure that AHS has adopted, like most healthcare organizations, to deal with larger unexpected uh, urgent situations. It has a number of components. It has an emergency uh, incident director with a staff of supporting folks who work in a variety of branches, like logistics, operations, finance, all those sorts of things. And then the Emergency Coordination Center is supported by zone emergency operation centers that uh, work alongside, whose work is obviously more focused at the local level. And what does the ECC do? So at the ECC level, uh, the task is to address questions of operation and policy that apply across the organization as part of the response to the emergency. And the benefit of an incident command structure is that it's a more efficient way of getting to an answer quickly when time is of the essence, and the usual processes of consultation in a large organization, while normally desirable, are thought to be um, too time consuming for a rapid response. It also has the benefit of pulling together the right type of resources into a single structure uh, and therefore more efficient. Was the ECC established just for COVID-19? We always have uh, emergency response plans ready to implement, and something like an ECC would be set up in response to a flood or a fire. Uh, Often it's uh, in response to a natural disaster where you have to work closely with external partners, uh, like a fire department or a municipality or a provincial government department uh, to coordinate your activity quickly and efficiently.
0: When did AHS establish the ECC to support our COVID-19 response?
1: So the ECC was set up back in February when we first identified uh, the likely size and scale of the pandemic and the need for a coordinated response. And it's been running 24 seven ever since.
0: Can you talk a little bit about how ECC approaches supporting an issue as complicated and wide ranging as COVID-19? Uh,
1: when the ECC was, was first struck, we knew relatively little about the pandemic and what it was gonna be like. We had some idea of what it had been like in places like china or western europe and what we began to plan for was really um, to be ready for a surge in demand on the healthcare system based on broad community transmission and an increase in the number of patients who would require hospitalization and in particular critical care as time has gone by the planning and the emphasis has changed somewhat Uh, fortunately and thanks to the good work of Albertans and uh, many others we've managed to so-called flatten the curve what that means is people are still getting sick but there's fewer of them getting sick at one time and therefore it's less likely that we're going to have that uh, terrible scenario that we were planning for but hoping to avoid where an emergency room a medical ward or an ICU would become overwhelmed that's the good news on the flip side we know that because the curve is flat two things a pandemic is going to evolve over a much longer period of time and so we need to plan and think ahead to what that would look like six months 12 months from now and we know from history that pandem- pandemics come in waves they have seasonality to them there's often a second or a third wave just in terms of the health system requirements but then of course there's other types of waves like uh, being prepared to help people with the mental health problems and the economic harm that arises So all of that planning has to take place. The other thing that's uh, not what we initially had focused on, but what in the last month has become a very significant focus for us, is understanding how best to support small localized outbreaks. So although the total number of cases that we're getting across the province is well within what the health system can capably handle, in any individual area, such as a continuing care facility or an industrial plant, or an isolated rural community, uh, a surge in cases which doesn't look big numerically in comparison to the province of Alberta's population can immediately become very overwhelming. And so we have to think about how to respond with health system resources and how to aggressively interrupt the transmission of the illness in that setting. And that's one of the main things that the ECC has been focusing on uh, as the pandemic has evolved.
0: How do you plan for a pandemic when it feels like the goalposts seem to change almost daily?
1: So we're not approaching a pandemic as a brand new experience. Obviously, there have been pandemics before. AHS and its predecessors had experience in dealing with the SARS crisis, uh, dealing with H1N1. And of course, we know from the literature and from the accumulation over decades what a pandemic response needs to look like, which is why we started out planning like we did for a surge in broad-based health system activity. Uh, One of uh, my favorite scenes from the original Star Wars movie is uh, the scene where he says, these are not the droids that you are looking for. And I feel like this process has been, this is not the pandemic you've been planning for. And instead of what we thought we were gonna get, what um, other parts of the world got, instead we're getting a very manageable general health system problem but a very important response required in places like long-term care and industrial plants. And so we didn't have a textbook to open to tell us exactly how to do it, but our colleagues uh, who are medical officers of health and uh, emergency and disaster response planners have a wealth of experience and resources to draw upon. So our job is to take those and then translate them into the real Alberta experience. Given the scope
0: of COVID-19, have we been able to learn from the experiences of other cities and countries
1: who have experienced the impact ahead of us? So what's a bit different about a pandemic as compared to some other types of emergency responses is the whole world's going through the same thing at the same time. So if we had a fire in a northern community, that's our problem and it's very local. We deal with it and then we move on in something like a pandemic we're having a similar experience maybe not identical to other provinces in Canada and other jurisdictions around the world so we have the opportunity to learn and to share and we also have the challenge of coordinating and being consistent uh, respecting uh, policy boundaries who gets to decide what at a federal provincial or a local or a health system level and it also means that we all need the same supplies Uh, and one of the benefits of being an integrated system like Alberta Health Services is we have tremendous purchasing and coordination power for things like uh, PPE is personal protective equipment is the one people think of right away. Uh, But we also need some types of drugs and supplies that uh, are in high demand in a pandemic. Uh, And so we have the ability to coordinate and to leverage our size and our integration uh, for the benefit of uh, the pandemic response. Has AHS been able to share our learnings to help other communities? Yeah, we've also had the chance to share our own knowledge and learning and tools. And so one example is that uh, our clinical operations and our planning folks have worked closely with our information technology department to produce tools like an online symptom assessment for members of the public who want to um, engage in a a testing process because they're unwell. So developing that in Alberta uh, leverages all of our... Uh, skills and integrated uh, context as a health system and our IT departments, and then that tool is shared and taken up elsewhere. So other places beyond the boundaries of Alberta get to benefit and learn from that, just as we're learning from them in other ways. You
0: mentioned localized exposures like continuing care or manufacturing facilities. Why are those so challenging to manage and support?
1: Managing a local outbreak is quite different than managing a pandemic at a whole across the entire population. In the places where we've unfortunately seen outbreaks, there are some common characteristics. They're folks working or living or eating in close proximity to one another, so congregate dining, things like that, Uh, as well as sometimes uh, people who are particularly susceptible to the uh, outbreak and to suffering because of the disease. And we know that the vast majority of patients who've gotten sick and died of covid are, are senior citizens 80 percent nearly of our uh, deaths in alberta unfortunately have been in the continuing care setting and places uh, like an industrial plant where people work in close proximity uh, are places where particular attention needs to be uh, paid to testing and contact tracing and social distancing and personal hygiene and all of those things that we know are vital for interrupting transmission.
0: What about our vulnerable populations who may not have the same ability to self-isolate like the rest of us?
1: We are particularly concerned about our vulnerable populations, including those who are uh, insecurely housed, who may experience homelessness at times, uh, and those who don't have the same kind of uh, family supports around them that uh, many of us are fortunate to have. And so uh, there is a great deal of effort that's being put into uh, planning appropriate responses. This has included assisted self-isolation facilities uh, and moving people out of closely crowded shelter type of conditions. And this has been where it's been really important to work with our generous community partners uh, who've offered resources like hotel space and so on, and to work with the municipalities and agencies who do things like straightforward things like transport a patient from one place to another you don't need an ambulance to take somebody from one place to another in most cases but you do have to have somebody who's reliable and is available and can be scheduled and anticipated and counted on who's able to observe the right parameters around uh, social distancing and prevention of transmission of infection so what sounds like a relatively simple task actually takes a great deal of coordination and it involves working across a lot of boundaries um, of jurisdictions that most nurses and allied health and physicians in a healthcare system don't normally think about. And that's really one of the main benefits of this incident command structure is it helps smooth out and simplify and coordinate all of those interactions. Another example that we've been just overwhelmed with is the generosity of all sorts of people and parties in the community in terms of wanting to make donations. So We're used to receiving philanthropic gifts from the community to run a hospital, but nothing like this scale, particularly when it comes to in-kind gifts. So people offering to help us with 3D printing of face shields or swabs, people offering uh, to help us uh, produce their own PPE, people offering uh, to help us with uh, community resources. And so that's a a huge blessing to us uh, as a health system, but it requires a lot of coordination and it requires Uh, treating people who want to make those donations with respect and uh, communicating well with them. And that's another role of the incident command structure is to help coordinate all that so that when we get an offer of help, we know how to take the best advantage of it.
0: From an ECC perspective, how's COVID-19 different than other emergency events AHS has responded to in the past?
1: What's different about this to other ECC type of activations? Well, the big one is the duration. So uh, we anticipate that the COVID pandemic is gonna be an ongoing part of our lives for a long time to come. We had an initial rush of activity as we tried to understand what would be the immediate priorities that we needed to have in place to be sure that the health system would be there for Albertans. And I think that job has been done and it's been done well, uh, and we are well positioned. Um, People should have confidence that the health system will be available for them. The difference here is trying to understand How that will evolve over time and how the incident command structure fits in with our ongoing operations over time and so that sort of planning is still underway and then the other thing that's different about this one compared to others is just the scope and so uh, there isn't anybody in the province whose life hasn't been touched by covid and uh, the health system is both uh, experiencing that as well uh, as a provider of services but of course the people who work in the healthcare system themselves are experiencing uh, the fear and uncertainty of the situation. Some of them have become sick, healthcare workers tend to travel a lot. And so we had a return of um, healthcare workers who'd unfortunately become infected uh, in other places. One of the things that's encouraging to me about this, as I would say, as as an aside is just how well our PPE is working and how well our healthcare workers are doing in terms of interrupting the chain of transmission and at least to date so far we are very glad to see a very low rate of healthcare worker infections and we're working hard to make sure that continues. Looking at AHS's
0: response from where you sit, how does it make you
1: feel? Yeah we feel a great sense of pride for uh, AHS and what we've been able to accomplish. Uh, When I sit in the ECC it's overwhelming to see the amount of material that comes through and the amount of work that's being done. And it's heartening and reassuring to see the quality of our leadership uh, from the CEO level right on down. Uh, We work with a tremendous bunch of people who can do amazing things when they work together and set their mind to it. And this pandemic response is a testament to that. And finally, is there anything else you'd like to add? You know, as a leader in the ECC, what I would want to say to our staff and to Albertans is thank you Thank you for your uh, patience and understanding with the very difficult restrictions that we've all had to live with uh, in our uh, personal and occupational lives. Uh, It's well understood how difficult and how impactful that has been. Uh, Thank you for our staff for sticking with us as we've worked through the supply of personal protective equipment, sometimes having to make do or to use Uh, masks and other sorts of equipment that aren't familiar and for trusting us as we work to procure the things that we need to keep you safe. And really thank you for continuing to be creative and insightful and thoughtful about taking care of our patients and finding ways to support virtual visits, finding ways to support patients and families at the darkest hours of their life, finding ways to be creative and thoughtful about supporting each other. because we really are in this together.
0: Thanks, Dr. Jameson. You have been listening to the Alberta Health Services COVID-19 podcast. For the latest information on COVID-19, please visit alberta.ca forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening.